Welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast, a place where we talk about the power of love and its creative expression in our lives. We talk about all things related to growth, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Episode 81, Falling in Love with Growth. Do you love nature? There's such a strong connection between our internal world and what is going on around us. Rachel is a life coach, and just like a garden, she helps people grow. Rachel is a founder, coach, and creative at Soul Pioneer. Rachel is a growth coach and intuitive. She helps people grow gardens, grow more peaceful, grow their intuition, and grow their income. A former school teacher and gardener extraordinaire, she supports the growth and expressive expression of all. She's been featured on Thrive Global, Tiny Buddha, Scary Mommy, Positively Positive, and My Designed Life. I'm so excited to get into today's episode. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. Today, I have a beautiful guest, Rachel. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Corinne. So I always start off the podcast asking you what your love story is. Like, when did you fall in love with yourself? Tell us a little bit about your journey of discovering who you are and what you're doing in the world. Yes. And thank you for this beautiful podcast that you create, creating you. more love in the world because <laughs> we could all use that, I think. Yes. Well, um, yeah. So I... From an early age, I really loved being out in nature, playing outside, and and also combined with that, there was the noticing of in the area where I live, deforestation is a bit of a problem, and I knew about environmental devastation and degradation and all that. I wasn't cued into climate change yet, but as I grew older, my love for nature and wanting to get people to be engaged has always been like dual forces playing back and forth. And for actually quite a while before I was deeply immersed in self-love, I was feeling depressed and anxious about the state of the world and where it was going. And honestly, there's probably people right now who are like, yes, that's how I feel. That's why I listen to Corinne and his podcast. Because um, I know sometimes when we look outside at the current events and all that, it can look a little bit grim. And so at one point I, I was in grad school uh, studying sustainable agriculture. And I, I just realized one day I needed to change my outlook on how I thought the world was going and my role in it and all of that. And so I started shifting and, and getting really optimistic and thinking, okay, yes, we have a lot of problems, but we've got billions of people. So we've got people who can figure out those problems. And the natural world is infinitely beautiful and amazing and comes up with so many creative solutions. And so that was one of my turning points of getting deeper into, okay, I'm going to have a positive outlook and, and kind of love purpose that I'm living out in my life. In a 
on a more personal level, I don't know if there's any one moment of self-love that was the pivotal moment, but I've had quite a few of, oh, in my relationship with my husband, there was a time where we were living in Vancouver, British Columbia, which is a beautiful place, but the weather there is rainy and dreary for six to nine months of the year. And after a while, I just couldn't take it. I felt like physiologically, emotionally, I was just becoming a puddle, like the puddles of rain all around. And, and my, at that point in time, my great act of self-love was I told him, I said, look, I love you, but I can't stay here. I have to love me and my needs. And this place, I, we had lived there at that point for almost four years. And I I felt like I tried for three years to make it work, Mm -hmm. but it didn't work. And, and it is one of those moments also where I felt a little bit bad because I was giving him this ultimatum of, uh, I'm leaving whether you leave or not. I really want you to come with me, but if you choose that you need to stay here, then I respect that. But I, I have to honor who I am and what I need. And luckily he said yes, and he came with me. Um, But I, I felt really proud of myself for choosing to make sure that I loved myself and I acknowledged my needs and, and moving forward to honor those choices. And then in some ways, I think any personal relationship can bring up those things too, because when I had children, there were new opportunities of what am I going to do? How am I going to love myself and care for this person and love them? I think there's this interplay that sometimes happens. So with both of my children, I had this medical condition called DMER, dysmorphic milk ejection reflux. It's not very well known, but it creates similar feelings and, and, uh, um, physiological and emotional responses as does postpartum depression. So, um, so I, so when I was breastfeeding my children, I had rage, uh, I wanted to run away from my family. I felt, uh, kind of like spikes of adrenaline and, and intensity. And it kind of made me feel like I was going crazy. And with my first daughter, I didn't know I had it until I stopped breastfeeding her and I felt amazing. And I thought, this is really weird because all the other women around me, when I would look online, people would talk about being sad that they were done with breastfeeding. And I literally felt like the world opened up, sunshine burst through the clouds. And I was on cloud nine from stopping breastfeeding. And I thought this was strange. And a friend in the medical field heard about this condition. And so we realized that I had that. So with my second child, I wanted to breastfeed, but I also knew that I had this condition that I was working with. And I decided after a few weeks of trying to breastfeed, and I talked about it with my midwives and, and I don't remember if I was seeing a counselor at the time, but I had a whole team of support supporting me and making sure that they were caring for me and and honing in on, okay, is your mental health good? And, and um, are we paying attention to this? And it, and they would have supported me either direction that I would have gone, my husband, people around me, my medical team, midwives and the nurses. But it became pretty clear that I 
mentally and emotionally wasn't doing well. And so I stopped breastfeeding, even though I felt with my values, it was one of my values to breastfeed, but, Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's a big push for breastfeeding, which I respect, but I also knew for me, I need to take care of me first. And if that doesn't happen, (laughs) some of the rest of the things fall apart if that's not happening. So that was probably the last really big rededication to self-love and, and practical self-care that, that I had in my life. And I know sometimes people, women I've met, they get sad if they can't breastfeed, but I just had the attitude. I I made a choice and I'm not going to look on sadness at what couldn't be. I'm going to be proud for the choice that I made. That was the best choice for our whole family. Right. Yeah. You got to take care of yourself. I mean, if you're not Mm -hmm. doing well, then your kids are not going to be doing well. Exactly. Yeah. And so when did you know, so you went to school for agriculture Mm -hmm. and now you teach people how to grow food themselves or grow plants. Yes. Yes. And, and I also, so I started teaching organic gardening when a little bit after my first child was born. So in 2013, and I had worked for some nonprofits doing garden education over the years. And I started consulting with individuals who wanted to grow gardens with their families and, and put in fruit trees or maybe just a lettuce bed or all all types of situations. And after a few years of doing that part-time, I felt this calling within, you need to go bigger. You need to help more than just people who want to grow gardens. And I've always been very intuitive and I like to listen to it, even though it doesn't always make sense. And, And other people around me don't always understand it either. But so then I started exploring life coaching because that was a path that I knew, okay, that's what I feel like I'm doing here. I'm empowering people. I'm giving them permission to start something new. That's a desire that they want to do. And so now, in addition to helping people put in gardens or grow their gardens even better, I also help people to grow their intuition. And a lot of my clients are growing a business. And so I work with them on almost like the same skills we do in the garden, but in the people world, (laughs) planting (laughs) seeds, tending, responding, trying new things, being Mm -hmm. adaptable. Yeah. I was just about to say that it feels like you are using the tools in the garden to help people grow because it's it's a similar idea, right? You put a seed, you have to nurture it, water it, take care of it and watch it grow. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so I often with my clients tell them to go into nature as a way Mm. to connect to themselves, also to ground into the earth's energy, but also just to keep them alive in a way, like putting your fingers in the soil, kind of just connecting to something outside of yourself. um, That's not like a person or a pet, you know, where it was good options too. But there's mm-hmm. something different about, I mean, I'm a plant person, as you can see. Yes, um, I can. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. I try gardening, but uh, I live in an apartment and so it doesn't really work. 
but yeah, it's not always feasible. No, but I think about it often because I, I love when people have beautiful gardens. It's always like, it's something so calming to your soul. Like when you, when I walk by somebody with a beautiful garden, I'm like, oh, I just want to sit here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just relax. Yes. Yeah. And it's almost a gift they're creating for us. Even if we don't get to sit there, just walking by is wonderful. Yeah. Nature is such a big part of, um, what we need as humans. And I didn't even know, I grew up in New York city and I didn't have anything green except central park. And Mm -hmm. when I moved outside of the city, I was like, Oh my God, it's so green everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Well, and I love that observation because we, you know, throughout human history, we weren't necessarily always in these big cities. We were in a lot more green spaces and Mm -hmm. interacting with the land. Like you're encouraging your clients and it's such a part of who we are that I sometimes I think people take it for granted or if you don't know you don't know like if you don't know what you're missing you don't even realize oh I feel better when I take a walk in the park or look at trees but if you grow up in a city like New York or you know Chicago or some other place where it's a lot of buildings all around you you might not experience that so much and so you don't even know what you're missing. Um, And I love, I I encourage my clients as well to do, as you say, because uh, the science supports that it helps us. And I think there's also things that science can't put into words yet, but that we just know it's this connection to other forms of life or to the land that we live on. And I think it's like this deep instinctual calling that that really helps us stay grounded as you said and I also think when I am having too many anxieties or problems or if the world feels like too much nature can really just hold me whether I'm laying on the ground or leaning against a tree or taking a few moments by myself it can hold all of that and it's not faced by all of these things that we do and so I love that it's this constant to me it feels like a supportive force that's there that I can go connect to and fill up my inner well or my inner resources yeah absolutely and I mean I think the biggest thing that I feel like humans are missing is that to understand that we you, nature is part of us like we are part of the ecosystem and we're not apart from it Mm -hmm. and I don't think I think that's why we have all these global issues with nature because there's so many people that are like oh we're just gonna take 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 exactly you know we're just gonna cut down trees we're just gonna throw this in the ocean without understanding that we can't survive on this planet if Mm -hmm. nature is not if nature isn't here like the oceans the trees like we need them right yes exactly and it's sad to me because I'm just like it's just sad when I hear about these stories about the ocean and the trees Mm -hmm. and I'm just like what are they I said I don't know what if there's a certain percentage of humans that I'm like I wonder what their mindset is I just don't know if they don't care because in their lifetime it's going to probably be fine Mm -hmm. but they're not thinking about their grandkids and their great-grandkids and Right. Yes, I agree. And I also think, uh, I mean, I hope this isn't too heavy for your podcast, but I think there some people, they're just not like awake or conscious in their own lives of the effect of their own actions. And people have gotten very accustomed to 
I don't want to blame capitalism for everything, but if you're always worried about surviving, right. it's hard to pause and think, oh, well, how is my neighbor doing? How is the neighborhood park doing? Like you're so consumed with your own stuff that you don't have that emotional or mental space to look around and to care for others. And uh, like I said, for years, I've been constantly optimistically believing that good things are coming. And even if other people might be like, well, this is not, you can look at the news and it doesn't look optimistic, but I keep <laughs> on finding belief that it is. And so I think in the past few years, even though it has been incredibly difficult and challenging for people in all different ways, I feel like the more that we understand how our actions affect others and the more that people have woken up to various things, you know, the more that we can start to see, oh, maybe we should care for the earth more and our other human beings more. Yeah. And I think that comes down to love because yes. if you are in love with yourself and you love people, then you naturally would be more inclined to love your surroundings and love your neighbors and, you know, love the mm -hmm. earth. Like, having that energy makes you feel more connected to everything and everyone. Yes. And if you don't have love for yourself and love for your neighbor, then you're not going to care if you take down all the trees in the neighborhood. That doesn't really. Exactly. Yes. And I like to, I feel that you really have an uh, understanding of love being not like the fluffy, like, balloons and flowers and <laughs> only like the oh the Valentine's good times Day. yeah <laughs> but love is this action and it's a commitment and it's mm -hmm. a you know like for the people that we love when or, and loving ourselves sometimes that means showing up and doing something that is uncomfortable but we do it because of the love and we say no this is important and I honor and love this so I'm going to take the action to value it Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it was a, I mean, I had to teach myself. I think that's, or to learn from others and mentors and mm. teachers and books, like what this concept of love is, because if it's just romantic love, that can feel very limiting. Cause if mm -hmm. you don't have a romantic partner or you don't, or you're, or you're not in a good relationship and you didn't have an amazing childhood or whatever, whatever, and you're relying on love to come from a romantic situation, it's very, it's a very limited scope of what love is, and it can also not necessarily bode good results. Yes, totally. I 100%. And if you look at our lifetimes, even if you do have a supportive partner, you we all have long lives, and you're not with them every minute or every year. And so right. we this finding and tapping into these other forms of love is so important for your overall life experience. Yeah. And I think it's important to love nature. Mm -hmm. I think when people like, I don't know, I don't want, I mean, I try not, to, I, mean, I work on not being judgmental, mm -hmm. um, but I do look <laughs> at people sideways when they do something environmentally like cruel. Like I'm just yes. like, really? You're just gonna, you're just gonna throw that in the street. You're just gonna like mm -hmm. do this. Like no people that have no regard for um, Mother Earth. I'm always like, really? It's so heartbreaking to me. I'm just like, really? Why? <laughs> yes, I know. Like, you, know I, I, you just want to pull them in a hug and explain to them the importance <laughs> of throwing trash in the trash bin, not yeah. on the street. <laughs> yes. 
They probably need more hugs. Yeah. Like when I go hiking, it's so, it always breaks my heart when I see trash. Mm, uh, Yes, me too. And I definitely think, why did you come here just to do this? Right? Like Mm -hmm. you're going to go to Yosemite, a beautiful national park, and then put your plastic trash everywhere. It just seems Mm -hmm. so, doesn't match. It's like, why? Yes. Um, I don't know. Maybe they need to put more trash bins out so people don't feel like they need to loiter. Like, you know, yes, maybe. And I think it comes back to this connection because if a lot of people can get very human centric and think that we're the most important, and um, I was lucky because from a young age, my parents exposed me to other belief systems. Yeah. And so we had this book by. Oh, what is her name? Lakota Medicine Eagle, I think is her name. I'll have to look. No, Brooke Medicine Eagle. She's uh, from the Lakota tribe. And their perspective, similar to many other indigenous cultures, doesn't necessarily see a hierarchy from humans and other animals and plants. Like there are brothers and sisters. And as soon as I found that belief as a child, I just thought well that makes sense to me and and so I move forward with that but if it's easy and again this goes like to other systems of oppression that we know there are it's like if you think you're over another or better than another then people can not not show the love they can be abusive or oppressive and and so um loving and and finding that equality or i don't know if equality is the right word but that connection and respect for others i think is so uh it can broaden your whole way of seeing the world and your whole way of being so that it's not you can't trash things because you think well those that's an important thing that has a right to live just as much as i do yeah, I think, you know, thank you for saying that, because I think that's absolutely a big part of it, like the whole oppressive mindset, like you're the mm-hmm. oppressor, you know, uh, you know, th- this, this idea of w- something is better than mm-hmm. which we deal with all the time as humans. And I think there is a certain part of like, we're on the top of the food chain. So we think mm-hmm. until a line comes chasing us. Yeah, and then we're not so much. You know what I, mean? <laughs> so I think it's like we think that we're the top of the food chain. And I and it was so interesting because so many people think that we're the only people in the universe. And I'm like, sadly, this is not the case. <laughs> and um, but you're right. I think it comes down to that. And I think if you're the kind of person that thinks you're better than anybody, I think this is something all humans have to work on inside mm-hmm. themselves, like hum- being more humble and less arrogant and mm-hmm. feeling like we're all equal. Like if you think you're better than anybody, then you, of course you're going to think you're better than an ant. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. know, it's just not going to even, so it does take a lot of humility, but I think that's where the love energy is so potent because if you love beings and creatures and understanding that th- the ants are important for the ecosystem of the forest, then you're not mm-hmm. going to throw your trash on the ground because that's going to affect the ants and everyone else. And, you know, there's certain animals that are annoying, like yes, mosquitoes and rats and mm-hmm. stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But still, I even though I, I, I'd love to ask God, like, why do mosquitoes exist? <laughs> but um, <laughs> this is what it is, you know, they're here. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, they're here for a reason. And I think it's, it's important to have respect for everything, even though we may not 
like things. I mean, like humans, we, we may not like certain things, but you just mm-hmm. have to be respectful and polite. At least I think so. Right? Yes. Oh, I think so too. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I guess one of the questions, I don't know if you can answer this or if you have an answer, like how, okay. when you're working with a client that kind of has that attitude of like, oh, I mean, I don't know, they're coming to you, right? Because they're like, I want to mm-hmm. learn, I want to grow. And you're telling them, oh, you should garden. They're like, oh, poo poo. Mm-hmm. I don't like gardening. That's so silly. Like, why would I need to do that to grow? Like, how would you um, open them up to the idea that nature is part of their own inner growth? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, I would say, even though I am maybe opinionated and I go out and I share uh, on my platforms, YouTube, whatever, Instagram, Facebook, uh, I share my beliefs. I don't typically have people who come to work with me who are radically different in terms of, I don't have to do a lot of convincing when we're working together about Mm -hmm. the things that I want them to try out. Mm -hmm. So, and, and some of it is that I don't, For example, if you don't want to grow a garden, I don't know that I can do anything to talk you into it. And I typically don't even know that I can really convince people to love nature or want to spend time in nature. But what I do try and do for the people I'm connected to in, in, let's just say social media who aren't in my like working clients world, but kind of that next outer rung, I try and plant seeds and show oh, here's how nature is amazing this way. Mm-hmm. And I think, or here's how we, we have something in common with this plant or this animal, or here's how this perspective about this animal or plant can do something for you if you use that perspective in your life. And so my thought is I'm planting the seeds that over the long run may l- let people see these organisms in a different way that also shines light for themselves because I feel nature is such a great teacher and the clients who work with me they kind of know they just know that I'm going to talk about that anyway and and they know that I'm going to encourage them to go get more time outside if that's Mm -hmm. what comes up Um, and it's not always some of the people that I work with that doesn't come up because I I'm work with a very intuitive way of whatever they need, that session is what I'm doing for them and, or what I'm bringing out in, in our session. And so sometimes we don't even talk about nature at all, but it's more me looking at them as if they are this unique plant, let's just say, and what are their watering needs and what are their sunlight needs? Well, a lot of us, because of school systems and all the other systems that we're raised in, they kind of want to compartmentalize us and treat us like we're all the same or that we all, you know, not that we're all the same exactly, but that um, sometimes people, a lot of people who come to work with me, I think is because they, they want somebody who honors them as their own unique person. And we try and find what are the ways that you can excel in your life by working with your own skills, weaknesses, strengths, idiosyncrasies, because just like every plant in the forest has a place where it grows best, if it's a forest plant, Mm -hmm. you know, the oak tree doesn't grow well in the desert and the cactus doesn't grow well in the rainforest. They each 
have their own place where they do well and their own specific needs, and then they can flourish and grow to their full potential. And I really take that attitude, yeah, to working with people of you can reach your full potential if you have that supportive environment. But if you're always trying to force yourself to be a cactus when you're really an oak tree, well, it's just not going to work. You know, like I don't, and and I, I think any one of us could look at our lives and think, oh, here's a time where I was trying to force myself to be who the person wanted me to be in a relationship, you know, to be in the job that didn't really fit or to be, um, you know, to be the friend that was always, I I don't know, doing favors for the other person, even though you're exhausted and you're like, I don't want to help them every other day with what their needs are. Um, And so a lot of this is just respecting. And and this goes back to the love for me. It's like, if I'm loving myself and honoring myself and, and it might seem selfish at first, if you're not used to doing it, but if I'm really selfishly saying, what are my needs? What do I need to be at my full potential when I'm supported in that way and grounded and really have poured this love into myself, I can give so much to everyone around me. I can, I can pour into my clients so that they're like, whoa, you're doing so much. And, and it feels easy because I already took care of myself Mm -hmm. and I already am honoring my needs. Yeah. And I love what you were saying about the different oaks and the cactus, because I think it's so important to find your lane and stay in your lane. And then you Mm -hmm. become very you're like you like to find what your gifts are and stay in your lane. Exactly. And, and I think it's really challenging nowadays. I think I'm even subject to that where you're like, okay, I'm in my lane. I think I am. But then you go on Instagram or you go on social media mm. and you're like, but she's doing that. I want to do that. <laughs> I, sh- I want to, I want to do that. And then you're like doing other things that may not necessarily be your gifts. Cause we think that what they're doing is better than what we're doing. Exactly. Kind of going back to what you were talking about what we were talking about earlier it's like this comparison like i'm better you're the, mm-hmm. the, you know this constant comparison that we have as humans with other beings and other creatures and thinking that we're better or less than and mm-hmm. it's a really really big mind trap it is i and agree it's really intense to get out of Well, I have, can I share a few little tips that I have that have worked for me? So, and, and I, and I can relate because I have definitely been there. And so there are a few things that I do. One is I try and give myself more space in my life Mm -hmm. and, and we can, you can apply space in different ways, like space to like mental space, quiet space, meditation or whatever it is for various people like space where you're not consuming information i think that's super important and also i i really keep an eye on my own thoughts when i'm on these platforms and if i start getting into comparison i start noticing is it a certain person or type of account that makes me get that way or is it that i've just spent so much time on there i really get curious and look at my life And if it's someone who uh, every time I see their posts, it makes me feel a certain way and and I investigate that, I will either unfollow them or I'll address whatever the issue is that it's bringing up. Mm -hmm. And then the other big idea, which I have to also remind myself of, is I think about like you and I, for example, you're doing an amazing thing with your podcast and it gives me permission to not have to 
push love forward in a huge way because you've got it covered. And so if we think of this more like a community, I don't have to do everything. There's enough people that we can each take a piece and we all do in our own beautiful thing. And then it all works in harmony. And I can really pour the love into you and pour the support into you instead of thinking, well, now I got to, I got to start my own podcast about love because look <laughs> at how good she's doing it. I should do that too. And you know, yeah. it, it, if you just tell yourself like, I'm happy that you're doing that and it gives me permission to take it off my plate. Or if I am thinking, no, she's right. I, I got to do the love thing. Then I look at everything else I'm doing and say, okay, well, if it fits with, you know, who I am, if it fits with my lane, what else can I take out or make room for so that I'm not overcrowded and overextended with commitments? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a tricky one. Um, finding, you know, the buzzword now is like finding your purpose. And oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I feel like for so many people could be so stressful, like mm-hmm. trying to understand like, why did, why am I on the planet? What should I be doing? And they seem like they know their purpose. Like, why don't I know mine? Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, but I like what you said, because I feel like it's important to be inspired by others. Mm-hmm. You know, you see somebody doing something that you're like, oh, I wish I could do that. Then do it. Try to mm-hmm. try to, try to do it in your own way and exactly. see, how it, how, see how it works for you. Like if you want to, you know, like I always wanted to be a talk show host, a TV talk oh, show host. So cool. then I was like, well, let me start a podcast. Right. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things. I love that. And yeah, I agree with you because it makes me think, for example, I follow a lot of influencers who do posts about zero waste and they're environmental influencers. Mm -hmm. And every now and again, I think, gosh, I have the knowledge. I have the interests. It's my, I believe in what they're doing. And I've had several times over the past few years where I thought, why can I not just do it? But it doesn't actually feel like my lane Mm because for whatever reason, I don't want to post about my water bottle and 10 zero waste gifts or all that. Like, I love that they're doing it, but I know for me showing up and creating that kind of um, content and education in the world isn't just, it doesn't get me super jazzed up Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be able to stick with it. And so when I admit that to myself and say, it's just not my thing, then Mm -hmm. I can just love them and share their posts and cheer every time and comment. And it, it feels really good to, to not have to do it. Cause I think sometimes especially in a world where there's a lot of things you could look around and be like, I got to fix all these things. Mm-hmm. No, not really. We can let everybody fix a part of it. And then that creates this beautiful experience where we each get to do what we're best at. And yeah, um, totally. And it's so yeah. you said, you said the key word in there. Yeah. I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have to do anything. <laughs> like, you know, like if that's even like, if that's even the phrase that I think of when I have to do something, I mm-hmm. already don't want to do it. Like if, oh, yes. I have to put a post, like I have, you know, like right. it has to come that. from a different place. It has to come. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm so excited to do this. And then it doesn't feel like work. Right. Cause yes. that just, I mean, social media, even for, for me, I have, I am always trying to wrap my mind around like what, is enjoyable. <laughs> yes. I love that you're doing that. Cause then it Cause, shows you're, you're making it yours and not just following the r- rules, whatever the rules are right. that 
it, the expectations of this is how you do it. It's like, you're making it fit for you, not what it fits for everyone else. Yeah. Cause it's a beast. Social, I mm-hmm. mean, it's, you know, I still, I feel like if I was like 10 years younger, I'd be more mm-hmm. into it. I don't know. Maybe cause it's a, you get a little, I mean, I don't know if it's an age thing or I just grew up, I didn't have social media when I was a teenager yeah, me neither. So I was kind of like, okay. So it started really, I'm on social media for business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because most of my friends, none of us really post personal things on Facebook or Instagram, you know, except right. my friends that have babies. Everyone loves to post yes. their babies. But so, it's, <laughs> you know, so it's interesting because I feel like a lot of my people are uh-huh. not media pe- social media people. Yes. But, then I'm, but at the same time, I need to get on social media to attract new clients. But a lot of my clientele are 40 and up. So it's like trying right. to find, like, where do we hang out? I <laughs> and know. I talk to my friends and she's like, in person. I'm like, you're not helping me with my marketing. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, but where in person are you? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I know, we're having dinner. Oh. We, I know in person, but I mean. I love that. <laughs> I feel like maybe after the podcast, we should do a little brainstorming session. Cause yeah, same for me every now and again, I'm like, but that (laughs) I'm in the same boat, but I also know there are a lot of people who they are there, but they might not be posting. They just might be watching. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. That's true. Um, Oh, and I want to go back to a thing that you said about purpose. Cause I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I've been noticing it as well and I'm trying to be conscientious to not use the words finding your purpose because I do feel for some people that almost feels it like it makes them have stress that they don't know what their purpose is and all these other people do and I'm I'm the loser that doesn't have a purpose not that I think you're a loser but I know sometimes the self-talk that can come up but um so so sometimes I'll sit and I'll do intuitive readings where I close my eyes and just let the wisdom flow through me from my soul or God or however you want to see it. Um, and, and one of the times I did that recently, I was hitting upon this idea that what if you won't even know your purpose until your life is over? You know, what if it's something very subtle or like if some greater power was going to explain it to you, you'd need like a whole 10 pages of a diagram of like, well, there was this one conversation that led to this and then this happened and that happened. Like maybe your purpose is very complex and it can't be summed up in a one phrase or, or maybe it's so amazing that you won't even know, but after you're gone, you'll look back and be like, wow, my purpose was, you know, to do this one thing that I did in the last six months of my life, but all of the rest of my life led up to that moment. True. Uh, um, yeah, we, don't, to, we can't see so, the bigger picture. Exactly. Yeah. And and for me, this ties back to love of if we can just love ourselves and be kind to ourselves and trust that it's okay to love yourself unconditionally and to respect and treat yourself well, then everything will work out okay. Yeah, totally. Well, let's get into the infinite love questions. So the first one is, how do you express love in your work? Mm. So one of my favorite quotes of all time is from Khalil Gibran. He wrote The Prophet. And uh, I forget when it came out, Um, maybe in the 50s. I'm not sure. Maybe it was before that. But one of the lines in the book is work is love made visible. And so to me, when I show up, I feel that all the work I do is me 
making love visible in the world. So when I was a a public school teacher, it was believing in all my students and loving them and motivating and inspiring and encouraging them. And when it's tending to my plants or teaching people about gardens or working with a client, it's, it's extending that love. And so, yeah, I, it's kind of everything for me. (laughs) Totally. And where has forgiveness brought more love into your life? Mm, that is so good. I love that this is one of your questions because even though I forgiveness, I know is so important, but I sometimes feel like it's one of those things that people don't always want to talk about or do because it's not, it doesn't feel as good at first as some of the other things like gratitude or self-care. But I know that when I have forgiven others for how they treated me or what they think I should have done, or even forgiving myself for actions, it, it allows me to not hold a grudge anymore. And, and it just feels like the energy flows and my emotions aren't blocked or bogged down. And I don't waste time thinking about the past. And I really just can show up and love myself and you know, if there was a lesson learned that I had to forgive someone about, then then I learned the lesson. And sometimes it's just a situation where that that thing was what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if I've answered that question fully enough, but what do you think? I mean, I <laughs> should think I good. go on more? <laughs> no, <Okay>. it's good. <laughs> <laughs> what is the most compassionate act someone has done for you? Oh, <sighs> well, uh, when I was in third or fourth grade, my friend in class, her name was Teresica. I I was always like the student who always did my homework, brought everything to class, whatever. I don't know if she did or not, but maybe not as much as I did. And she knew that I was super dedicated to never missing an assignment or anything. And so one week or or maybe actually every week in this year of school, we were supposed to bring in a current event news article. And I forgot mine this one day and I was stressing about it. And she gave me her article to turn in. And I just, and and the funny thing to me also was it was an article from like a National Enquirer type of magazine. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, this isn't the kind of news article that the teacher wants us to turn in. But um, because it felt like it was kind of like a, not scandalous exactly, but what sensational news and I I think the teacher wanted us to do something that I don't know not like the New York York Times Times. yeah Yeah, but Mm -hmm. something like that yeah so non-sensational news but regardless she had she didn't care that she was going to get a zero for the assignment she gave me her article because it meant a lot to me to have a grade and I turned it in and I kept that article probably for almost 20 years in a box of little keepsakes because, and it might sound minor, but it was something to me that just blew my mind away that she would do something so selfless just to make me feel better and feel happy. And yeah, it still blows me away. Yeah. That was real. That's very sweet of her. Yeah. Yeah. And so the last question is where has love created a miracle in your life? Hmm. Well, I kind of feel like love creates lots of miracles in my life. Some of the stories I already shared about stopping breastfeeding or asking my husband to move and things like that. (laughs) 
those later had outcomes that I felt were very positive. And I honestly feel like if you keep on choosing self-love, you're going to have small and large miracles in your life. And it's just going to keep on going because that's, that's kind of how love is. It wants to flow through us and make connections. Um, so, I mean, I'm probably come up with one super specific example. No, that was but, great. Yeah. Okay. It's true. Yeah, it's true. So how yeah. can people connect with you, find out more how, about you and how to work with you? Yes. Yes. So my website is rachelstravelli.com and I work with people one-on-one. I have a small program or it's not that small, but sometimes we run it as a small group called Nourish with Nature. That's all about developing a daily practice of getting out of nature and people have shared that it helps them to feel more calm and more self-love and more creative. So that one is, is really lovely. And um, I'm on a lot of the social media platforms. So whether or not working with me sounds good, I, I love uplifting others and being connected to other good people. So they can follow me there at most on most of them. I'm at Rachel Stravelli. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was a beautiful conversation and it was wonderful to get to know you better. Yes, you too. So much. Thank you. Sending you lots of love. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.